the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful yet chilly Monday morning. So glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Colado. Hey, Damian, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. We had a great relaxing weekend and looking forward to a great week. The week before Thanksgiving, mind-blowing, can't even believe it. <laughs> it's the week before. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Much to do. You, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I'm seeing Christmas stuff everywhere. It's like Thanksgiving yeah. is an afterthought already. I I love it. I life's okay. too short. Just go ahead and celebrate, you know. Celebrate. <laughs> so, you you almost like Christmas I, year round it sounds like. I well, okay, so I don't know. When it starts getting chilly, I kind of get the feels. So I love being festive, and a bunch of my neighbors already have their tree up. So yeah. I'm kind of giving in. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays and times to gather. So I'm not forgetting about Thanksgiving. Okay. I can still be happy about Christmas, though. Yeah, I know the turkeys would like you to forget about Thanksgiving, but yeah. uh, families like to get together. I kind of It's a precursor yeah. before the Christmas holidays. So. Mm-hmm. And, and we got a lot to be thankful for still Mm -hmm. and to do that we're going to start off our morning this monday morning a chilly one at that with a prayer to saint gertrude the great name of the father son holy spirit amen eternal father i offer you the most precious blood of thy divine son jesus in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory for sinners everywhere for sinners in the universal church those in my own home, and within my family. St. Gertrude, intercede for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. We have a great show for you today. Like Damien said, St. Gertrude is our saint of the day. St. Gertrude the Great, we'll learn more later on in today's show. But in about six minutes, we're joined by Sister Marjorie Bear, President and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. She'll give us her monthly update. In 18 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he talks about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And today's topic is quite interesting. He's going to talk about the pain parents experience when their child chooses to leave the Catholic faith. So I know a lot of people are in this boat right now. Alan's going to be talking a little bit more about it, and he has some great insights as well. In 35 minutes, Dr. Tina Holland joins us. She's a president of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge. She's going to be giving us her monthly update. And in 48 minutes, Vivian Dudrow joins us. She's an editor with Ignatius Press. She's going to be talking about a variety of new children's books for all ages. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of trying to think of gifts for Christmas and stuff. Not quite buying them yet, but... Children's books is one of my favorite things to give as gifts for the kids. So uh, looking forward to hearing more from Vivian today. Yeah, it's always good to give a good 
Catholic-oriented book every mm-hmm. now and then amongst all the other little books or whatever the titles are these days. Yeah. But weather-wise, woo, it is chilly for sure, and it's going to remain that way all week long. We have an abundance of clouds moving in. That's because a cooler front is coming our way. <laughs> uh, we actually have a 70% chance of rain, but we won't see that rain until late this afternoon, maybe even over the overnight hours this time tomorrow. The rain should be cleared out. Uh, the high today should be around 55, give or take. The low is going to start dropping down to the 30s. Temperatures in and around the area right now, I'm just going to call it 42 degrees. How's that? Okay, so get warm. Winds are blowing out of the east at 10 to 15, so it is a little breezy out there as well. It's 5 after. We've got the gospel coming your way on Wake Up. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 18. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The people walking in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he kept calling out all the more, son of David, have pity on me. Then Jesus stopped and ordered that he be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, please let me see. Jesus told him, Have sight, your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. When they saw this, all the people gave praise to God. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It's 8 past the hour. You're listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. Our first guest is Sister Marjorie Bear. She is the president and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Sister Marjorie. Thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thanks for having me on Monday morning. Absolutely. Looking forward to getting your monthly update. This is such a busy time of the year, and we're nearing the season of Advent, and this is the giving season. So tell us a little bit about how Catholic Charities and many programs in Catholic Charities is helping others and demonstrating faith by action. Thank you. Yes, we have many, many uh, opportunities for giving. Uh, the generous heart will, will gladly be placed here with us. Uh, particularly, uh, we're striving this week to put together 300 baskets of food to distribute wow. to uh, many needy families and clients that we have in Catholic Charities. So our basket drive is going on right now, and we'll be de- delivering those baskets to those 300 families very soon. <clears throat> Additionally, there are other ways that I'll ask. As we approach Advent, Christmas, the giving season continues, uh, and again, we're hosting our Adopt a Family holiday program, and individuals who want to assist us in this can register or call us, register us uh, for this at www.ccano.org slash holiday. to register to help us with families. And we shop for a variety of items at, at this time, food baskets, as I said, clothing, toys for children, 
and other mm -hmm. gifts that might uh, lend to brightening their holidays. Absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely consider that as well. Uh, and what is the website people can go to real quick? Because I know we have a lot of information in this segment to consider uh, families for the Adopt-A-Family Holiday Program and items on the wish list for the food baskets, clothing, and toys. Uh, it's at www.ccano.org slash holiday, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y. Uh, Okay. Another opportunity Wonderful. that is uh, would help us out greatly is it's I Give Catholic Day, and that campaign is is going on uh, through uh, the 29th of, of December, and that's 24 hours of of giving to the Catholic Community Foundation in New Orleans that helps support our parish, school, and nonprofit ministries within the Archdiocese of New Orleans. <clears throat> For Catholic Charities this year, we have a goal and a, a desire to reach $200,000. Yes, I did say $200,000. Mm, wow. That will greatly assist us in, in our many programs that support children, seniors, foster families, homeless individuals, and many, many others who have a variety of needs in our community. Donations through I Give Catholic go directly to our Archbishop Hannon Community Appeal Campaign, which we conduct annually every year with a goal of $1.75 million. Um, and with that, we serviced and we served over 50,000 individuals last year. Um, one of our strong programs that we're hoping to support through this giving is our therapeutic family services. We're actually um, posting on our website the stories of two of our foster parents who shared their story <coughs> about the foster children that they care for, the children who have experienced trauma, some of them may be autistic or dealing with severe medical conditions. Their testimonies are on our website and individuals can make a donation on our website. And that would be www.neworleans.igivecatholic.org. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. That is such an important online day of giving. It's 24 hours, so uh, consider uh, looking at Catholic Charities as well. Let's talk about some volunteer opportunities. Not only is it the giving season, but people like to go out at this time of the year and also give their time and talents as well. So how can people help Catholic Charities this year with volunteering? Yes, we do appreciate the many hours that our volunteers donate to us, helping us we need our volunteers to help us organize, sort, prepare the gifts for our Christmas giving. Uh, that's a, a, a great opportunity to spend time, and it's heartwarming. It puts you in the spirit of Christmas as well. And we always have year-round opportunities to help us pack our bags of food and boxes of food for delivery to seniors in their homes, as well as those 
who come by our food pantry. We always welcome individuals coming to help us at that time. Wow, wonderful. Uh, so many wonderful, so much for you. I'm sorry, Sister Marjorie, kind of cut out a little bit. What did you say? I said, if you have the time, we have a job for you. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I was going to say there's so many things with Catholic Charities. CCANO.org is the website you can go to. Unfortunately, Sister Marjorie, we are out of time. But I did post every link you mentioned in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. Thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it very much, Kathy. God bless you. Absolutely. And they do such great work over in the New Orleans area. Alan Migliorato joins us. We'll come back from the break and we'll learn more about our Save the Day today. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 14th. Today we celebrate St. Gertrude the Great. Born in Saxony around the middle of the 13th century, today's saint is considered one of the three greatest female spiritual writers in church history. From an early age, Gertrude lived and was educated at the monastery school at Hefta and eventually became a Benedictine nun. Along with her friend and teacher, St. Mechtild, she practiced a spirituality called nuptial mysticism, seeing herself as a bride of Christ. A pioneer in devotion to the Sacred Heart, her spiritual life was a deeply personal union with Jesus that led her into the very life of the Blessed Trinity. As a Benedictine, Gertrude found Christ through living the rhythm of the liturgy. There and in Scripture, she found themes and images that both enriched and expressed her piety. The life and revelations of St. Gertrude, a record of her mystical experiences, has been compared with the writings of St. Teresa of Avila. Gertrude died in 1302. Though never formally canonized, her feast was extended to the Universal Church in 1738 by Pope Clement XII. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Happy Monday morning, everyone, on this chilly Monday at that. So glad you could join us on Wake Up, Gabby Smith, Damian Collado, and our guest on Mondays. You can expect it. That's right. Big Al Migliorato. He is co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today, talking about a very interesting topic and one many of us experience, or at least know someone who is, and it's about the pain parents experience when their children choose to leave the Catholic faith. Alan, good morning. Hey, good morning, Damian. Thank you guys for having me back. Yes, man. The minute I saw this topic that we were going to be discussing, I immediately thought of St. Monica and the years that she put in praying for St. Augustine to come back to the faith. And boy, did he. Well, I wanted to share, I think, you know, when we experience things personally, I think we're able to kind of speak to them. And I recently, my youngest daughter uh, came to me and said, you know, you know, I've been struggling and, and I just, I really feel like I, I belong in the non-denominational church. Hmm. And so I just kind of sat there, and I, I literally didn't say anything. And she she didn't drop it on us that smoothly. It was like more like, 
I I feel non-denominational. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I know if I responded quickly, the first thing that went through my mind is like, I got to call Alan because <laughs> I got to get some advice. And it's funny, you know, like being being the person to give advice all the time. You know, you think, okay, well, I'm giving advice, and hopefully, if I'm following my own advice, my kids will stay strong Catholics. You know, and, and I won't I won't have done anything wrong. You know, and it's not that you think parents have done anything wrong, but that's the very first thing that went through my mind is like, okay, what did I miss? Like, what, where, where did I go wrong? And and so I didn't say anything. I didn't want to speak because I know if I spoke, it wouldn't, it would not have been, you know, it would not have been wise. It would not have been wisdom. It would have been more just knowledge that I was throwing out. Or an emotion. I wanted to kind of just sit there. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been from my gut, and I didn't want her to hear anything from that at the time because. I had to think, and so I literally sat there for probably a good 10 minutes, and, and my, my wife was kind of frazzled, and she was kind of talking to her, and, and so my daughter says, well, you have no comments on this? And I said, I don't want to talk to you right now about this. Give me a minute. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there for another 10 minutes, and finally I said, well, I said, I want to tell you something. I, first of all, I love you. Like, I love you no matter what. But I'm disappointed, and I'm not disappointed that you have a struggle. I'm disappointed because I feel like you've quit struggling. I feel like you've become complacent. And the, she, she, in particular, she struggles with the transubstantiation, right, the actual presence of, of Christ in, in the Eucharist. And, and many people struggle with that. And, and I think that that's a good struggle to have because we can't understand everything about our faith. But I said, I'm disappointed that you didn't keep fighting for that. And, and and you're just saying, okay, that's it. I'm not, you know, I'm 19 years old. I know everything now, and I'm and I'm going to settle on this because I, I know for a fact that he's not present in the Eucharist. And she said, well, she goes, I understand, you know, that you're frustrated. I said, I'm not frustrated. I'm not frustrated because we've talked about this. I'm disappointed that it feels like you're you're kind of quitting. And so she said, okay, well, I can accept that. She goes, you know, I just feel closer to God, to Jesus. I feel like I'm creating a, a more personal relationship. You know, and of course, it's the Protestant language. You have a more personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, great. Uh, if it's the same Jesus, you know, then stay here and struggle. And that, that's been like, that's kind of my stance, but I'm not angry with her. You know, like I understand and, and God, I trust God fully. And so my advice I'm trying to follow that I give to other parents are trust God and be patient and keep praying, just like St. Monica did. You know, you keep praying for, Saint, for, your, for your kids and and hope that they understand and hope that they come back and and don't expect them to understand it all at once and and god's got a different path for everybody and sometimes when they step out uh they you know they're they're in the shallow and what i call and i know that's probably not a nice thing to say but it's the truth it's kind of in the shallow end of the pool it's not the fullness of truth because the fullness of truth is a is a big glass of water to to you know to digest and it takes time so if that's the path that God's calling her on to be closer to him. Maybe at that point she says, okay, there's something missing because I know Jesus now and something is missing. And then she wants to come back. So there's, there's hope. And I think that's my message to parents all the time is don't lose hope because that's exactly where the devil wants us. He wants us, you know, to lose hope, to, to worry, to not trust God, to try to fix it on our own. And there's only so much we can do. There's not necessarily anything that, that I've done wrong or that I did too much. And so I have to do my examination of conscience as a parent and say, did I fulfill my, my, my duties as a, as a Catholic father? Did I make my kids go to church every Sunday? Did I bring them to church? Did I bring them to confession? 
you know, did I live the kind of lifestyle that I proclaim to live and that I tell others that they need to live? And, and if I'm checking off all of these boxes, yes, I did these things, then I really, like, she's an adult in her faith. She's been confirmed, and she's got to make choices on her own. And I told her that, too. I said, I don't agree with your choice. You know, I think that you should sit there and, and struggle. You should pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And even if you don't understand something fully, that's our prayer to Jesus is, Lord, I have faith, but you help me where my faith is weak. You know, and so yeah. that, I just wanted to share that because I think well, that a lot of parents think, well, you know, if, if you're in ministry, you know, your kids are, are perfect and they're not going to, and my kids are perfect, you know, but, they're, but because they, they get that from my side of the family, I think. Well, so don't let my wife hear that. But. We appreciate you sharing that, that personal testimony right there. And one thing uh, I, I will say is, as a parent, one should not feel guilty when this type of situation arises, uh, because as you said, hope is the key. Who knows? Maybe God is calling us to develop a closer relationship with Him in all this as a process. And in the end, maybe both your daughter and yourself are going to come closer to God in, in the months or years ahead. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I understand, you know, it's and I hadn't had that happen before, where mm -hmm. one of my children, I mean, there's always been struggles with different parts of the faith, but I hadn't experienced where one stepped outside the box, the batter's box, for, so to speak, yeah. and just said, you know, I'm going to try a, I'm going to try to run to third instead of first. You know? well, would it's, you, would you prefer like, her to leave and, and seek other religions or just say, you know what, Dad, I'm not going to go to church anymore? Well, Catholic exactly. Church. You know, and that's, Which would hurt you more? Yeah. Well, of course, yeah, obviously not seeking Christ, and she's seeking Christ, and so, like, I'm happy that she's seeking Christ, um, but even in the situation where kids do leave faith altogether, like, there's still hope, mm -hmm. you know, they're still yeah. seeking, and my daughter just happens to be very uh, upfront and honest about stuff, and so, like, I'm grateful for, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for with this, um, I do think that, that it will bring all of us closer to Christ in the end, and so it, it doesn't stop those those instant feelings of what did I do wrong? There's, and these are, I'm talking about like these flash feelings, like, you know, when you get angry, well, should I throw the hammer that I just hit my thumb with or, you know, I'll hold on to it. But those things still run through your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, is it my fault? What did I do wrong? Why is she doing this? Is it because of a boy? Is it because the hmm. crowd she's around? And, and probably there's a, a ton of truth in all of that. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately I've got to trust God. And I'm not going to stop, and I'm not going to get frustrated with God because of a choice that my daughter made. Um, you know, it's not, this is not the choice that God made. You know, this is her choice, and she's got to experience this path right now. So what yeah. I do as a father is what I encourage all other parents to do is to just stay true, you know, and be there and keep that door open. Because if you, if you start that animosity, well, you know, I, well, if you were at church with us, you'd know this. You know, like, if, you can't do that because then you're going to push your kids further away. Yes. And, and again, don't feel guilty, as it would be one suggestion. The other thing, it's a humbling experience, to say the least, as you, you've shared with us. And, um, but, but more importantly, I can't help, again, you, when you talk about the hope, you can't lose hope. You may be able to finally write that book years from now, The Prodigal Daughter, instead of The Prodigal Son. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, and my, my wife hasn't lost her sense of humor on it. We were at dinner with the you bishop the other night. you got to keep that. That's uh, right. Between y'all so two, at least, yeah. My daughter texts 
my my wife, you know, said, hey, I'm just wanting to uh, text and say goodnight. I'm going to bed a little early. Got a test tomorrow. She goes, what are you guys doing? And my wife texts back. She's like, we were at dinner with the bishop. We're trying to set up that uh, that uh, that um, the exorcism for you. And I was like, you know, <laughs> you got to stop with the jabs because. And of course, my daughter laughed at it. She's like, well, thanks a lot, you know. But I, I think it's it's good to keep that sense of humor and to say, you know, it's not the end of the world. And just keep praying for them. And that hope is so important. And I think that that's the one thing that parents lose sometimes is hope. You know, it's and because they they get stuck in the mud of what did I do wrong? You know, where could I have done better? And there's nothing wrong with examining, you know, your conscience on that. And, you know, we, we should do that every day. How how was my day today? The examine prayer at the end of the day is a wonderful thing. How, how did my day go? What did I do better? Where could I reach out to people more? Who Where did I see Jesus today? But when we use it to to, to fuel our guilt, uh, when it's mis, misguided guilt, I think that that just keeps us down in the mud, and, and we've got to avoid that as parents. Yes, and and don't think that uh, you know she's not that struggle is good. By the way, I mean you've shared that with us before. The struggle is good because it, it's going to allow her to come to know Christ even better, and hopefully with the prayer and sacrifices that that you guys will make and. We here at Catholic Radio will be praying for you as well mm-hmm. uh, for, for her conversion to come back to the, to the church. It's still early, and, and who knows where that's going to lead. Alan, if folks want to find out more information, where do they go to learn more about uh, you and your ministry? Check out AdventureCatholic.com or reach out to me on Facebook at Adventure Catholic. All right, my brother. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know a lot of people okay, man. needed to hear it. Yeah. Take care. God bless. All right, folks. Woo, that was a little powerful and, and yes. wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah. 30 after the hour on this Monday morning, it's wake up. So wake up. It's 35 after the hour, 25 before the top. And so glad you could join us on Wake Up. With us now, Dr. Tina Holland, president of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, better known as Fran Yu in Baton Rouge. And happy to have you again, Dr. Holland. How are you doing on this chilly Monday? Well, I'm a little chilly, but, you know, I'm upright and breathing, so that's a blessing. Well, there you go. We're so glad you are, too. Otherwise, we'd had to find somebody else to do this interview. We'd, we'd had to fill in. No, we're glad you're here. I'm teasing with you. All right. Look, you want to talk about things that are happening both educationally and uh, faith-forming citizens at FranU, something we often neglect because we always talk about the academics, but we don't always talk about the service. And and let's talk about the service and the speaking engagements in and, and our Catholic Church and school organizations that are taking place that are associated with FranU. Oh, yes. Um, You know, I wanted to uh, highlight how so many of our faculty are out and um, doing um, uh, speaking engagements using their expertise in their various disciplines to provide, um, you know, some public service. And especially our theology professors, um, you know, in our campus ministry, and uh, um, Tyler Trahan, who runs the Franciscan Experience, they are out and about. And when um, I asked 
to uh, collect a list of all of the things that these folks were doing, it was just entirely too much for me to mention. But um, the director of campus ministry, all of our uh, theology faculty, and Tyler, the director of the TFE, are in just about every parish and diocese and outside the diocese, um, working with youth, working with um, the elderly, um, our uh, gerontology, I forgot to mention, our gerontology um, endowed chair, Lindsay Mullins, uh, does um, uh, counseling for senior priests on um, preparation for retirement and healthy aging. Um, it is uh, remarkable. I mean, as I as I speak, I can't even, um, I, um, you know, kind of clearly quantify all of the things that these folks are doing and continue to do and have been doing for the last uh, several years. Um, this, uh, you know, there's a movement called Theology on Tap, mm-hmm. um, and uh, where young people um, might have a beer and and talk about. Um, faith issues. Um, those go on, on at various uh, parishes throughout the diocese. All of our people have been able to participate in that. And now there's something called theology in a bottle. I don't know what it is about Catholics, but uh, that's another um, yeah. <laughs> one of those. There's also you know, distribution of theology. Yeah. Uh, kinds of events that, um, again, our uh, uh, faculty are and our campus minister are lending their expertise. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to add, I had a uh, opportunity, I um, was humbled to have the opportunity to speak to the Baton Rouge Legatus chapter on Catholic higher education. And then um, I had a, a great honor of speaking at St. Joseph's Academy when they hosted all of the congregation of uh, the Sisters of St. Joseph schools throughout the country, uh, all of their leadership on the campus of SJA. Uh, so um, we stay busy yes. uh, trying to you know, evangelize in, um, through Catholic education. So, so Dr. Holland, how would someone get in touch with one of the staff members or someone in the administration, whether it be uh, topics on theology or, or some other topic? How do they go about getting in touch with that individual? Y'all have a, a website or y'all have a phone number you could share? Because Advent's right around well, the corner. There may be uh, right. some folks that can speak during the Advent season at a church parish. Well, I think um, there are two two of the easiest um, ways to do it are you go to uh, www.franu.edu, and you can go to Campus Ministry and uh, contact Tammy Vadreen at her email, um, and that it will be listed on there. It's tammy.vadreen at franu.edu. Or you can go to the Academic Programs page within franu.edu and uh, click on any of the uh, professors there and all of their emails are just first name dot last name um, at franu.edu okay um, if you are looking for me to do um, any talks well um, just uh, go to the office of the president and somebody will get a hold of you you know get back to you and um I never 
if, if I can ever be there, um, I will always be there. Now, it, I have never turned down a speaking engagement. It doesn't matter how large or how small, um, unless I just can't fit it in my schedule. Yeah. Well, that's great. And we, we appreciate all that you guys are doing uh, for the Baton Rouge community and beyond. Um, we're only three weeks away, give or take. I'm thinking we're getting pretty close to uh, Francisca, uh, St. Francis Hall finishing up. Oh, yes. Well, let me tell you, they got, it was supposed to be December 25th. Um, you've got a good memory, but uh, there have been some recent delays. So, Always with um, construction. Don't feel bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you, I'd rather have it done right. And yes. I'm pretty particular. So um, we are, uh, as are our contractors, frankly, they are really um, careful about their, um, you know, about quality. And I'd much rather have it right then um you know and and have a little bit of a delay so we're looking at later this spring um february for a substantial completion meaning everything but the ff and e the the um fixtures and furnishings and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and um moving in later in the spring and we have to be very very careful about taking our time with the move-in because we have literally tens of millions of dollars in um, simulation equipment that needs to be very, very um, meticulously installed. Got it. Okay. Um, Before we wrap up, Fran, you recently named the safest campus in Louisiana. What determined that designation? And you've got to be proud of that. Oh, yes. Um, Niche came out with uh, some rankings, and we were ranked number one for the safest college campus in Louisiana, and we also received an A by American School Search. Uh, you know, safety is a, is an important aspect of people's choices for attending school, and, um, you know, it's becoming more and more of an issue, uh, as we've seen in the news, and it's kind of nice that in our federal um, crime reports, every institution has to report to the federal government, something called um, Gene Cleary Disclosure of Campus Security Policy and Crime Statistics, okay? Mm. And it essentially mm. gives a whole laundry list of different kinds of crimes and misbehaviors that an institution must report in their um, federal reporting. And we have zeros across the board, and it's really... Um, uh, satisfying to to uh, to have that, but I have to say the most important thing is that it goes well beyond um, compliance with these you know strict requirements that are imposed by federal authorities and by our accrediting agencies. I I really think that the key is in um, you know in really sincerely caring about your students and fulfilling your mission, then those kinds of compliance things will come. Yes. Uh, if the focus is only on the compliance, then it becomes, you know, kind of a, a burden to take care of your students. Oh, because otherwise we'll get dinged on our report. Well. No, if the focus is on the student, 
then the positive reports are going to come. And Amen. I think that's how Fran U has been successful that way. You bet. And thank you, as always, for joining us, giving us an update of what's happening on campus. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Dr. Tina Holland, who is president of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge. 45 after the hour on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado. Our next guest is Vivian Dudrow. Vivian is an editor with Ignatius Press, and today she joins us to talk about a variety of new children's books for all ages brought to you by Ignatius Press. Hey, Vivian, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. It's good to have you with us today. Let's talk about the first book that you have coming out with Ignatius Press. It's called Great Missionaries Throughout the Ages, 15 Portraits of Faith and Courage. Tell us a little bit about this one. This is a hardcover, uh, large book with uh, full-color illustrations, and it has, as you just mentioned in the subtitle, 15 different portraits of missionaries uh, through the ages. It's set chronologically, so it starts, you know, in the age of the apostles with Paul and goes through the early church, and uh, it's, it's very exciting because I actually learned a lot working on this book. I just love it when I work on kids' books and I learn new things. And there are some um, missionaries in here I'd never heard of, even missionaries who came here to the United States. Uh, uh, for, for example, Lucille Methavon, never heard of her, but she was a pioneering um, woman, a French nun who, who um, ministered to the Native Americans. And anyway, Yuhuna Sara is in here, you know, the founder of the California Missions. That's important for us in California, but really for the history of Catholicism in uh, the United States. That's amazing. What age group is this book kind of geared towards? Uh, this is, uh, it says on the cover, nine and up. And, you know, it's really hard to gauge age groups for a lot of kids' books because, mm. quite frankly, parents out there you need to sit down and read books with your kids <laughs> you read, read aloud and read with them but this has got maps and a lot of history so i think that nine uh age mm. is, is is really spot on i think seven-year-olds who are already starting to learn to read would enjoy this book also i love that i love how it includes includes maps and historical information i'm with you too vivian i have not heard of uh these wonderful uh people as well like lucille and of course i've heard of augustine of canterbury but um saint martin of tours is one of the big ones as well so this is wonderful and i'm so glad that this is out there as well as parents, we always learn new things, especially when we're reading to our kids. It's kind of a reminder as well. So this is a great one. And I'll be linking all of these in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. But let's move on to the next book by Ignatius Press. This one is called The Life of Jesus, Seek and Find. Tell us a little bit about this one. This is a fun book. I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of uh, Where's Waldo? Well, this is yes. uh, sort of like a Where's Waldo approach to learning about Jesus. Um, you, uh, the child is to look for, uh, on all these pages with all these little people all over the place, the child is to look for a set of characters who show up in every story, and each uh, 
each page introduces, uh, every two pages, uh, an episode in the life of Jesus. All the important ones are here, uh, of course, you know, his birth and his baptism and uh, his death and resurrection and so on. And it's just fun, you know, it's fun to look at these very um, whimsical sorts of scenes to find uh, these characters. And of course, you're also looking for Jesus, right? And what is he doing in the picture? And uh, it's, it's, it's for much younger children, five and up. And uh, the text on each page is very brief, but it's very faithful to the Bible. I know because I read every word and looked them all up. <laughs> and it's, it's great. It's a charming, whimsical book and a great, easy, fun way to learn about the life of Jesus. Wow. Life of Jesus, Seek and Find. You're bringing back memories of Where's Waldo? I was so dedicated to those books, so much frustration. Uh, But in the end, uh, just wonderful, wonderful memories. One of the books I'll always remember. So definitely take a look at this one. This one is super cute and definitely will be fun for the whole family, I think. Yeah. And I don't think it's quite as hard. I don't think finding uh, the kids and Jesus in these stories is as hard as finding Waldo, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Sometimes Waldo was impossible to find. And then you show your sibling, he's like, oh, right there. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the next one, Vivian. This one's called Joy, Three Stories About Sharing Joy. Tell us about this one. This is a book in a series that we've been doing. We also have Anger, Fear, and Sadness uh, is going Mm -hmm. to come out next. And uh, this has been written by a team of of ladies in France, uh, teachers, mothers, uh, child psychologists, on how to handle the emotions. And so this one on joy, you know, when I first started working on this, I thought, what's the problem with joy? Why do I have to learn how to handle this? (laughs) I thought that was a good thing. But in fact, the child learns through three different stories of children their age. You know, the, the challenges even with joy. Emotions are good. They're, they're, they're yeah. signals to tell us about what's going on in our life. But the emotion itself doesn't tell you what to do about it. You know, for that, you have to engage the mind. And uh, you might need advice from some adults in your life as well. And so how to share joy so that it doesn't just become an exercise in self-indulgence, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes when things are making us happy, uh, we have a tendency not to think about the impact we're having on other people or or whether or not we're just, um, you know, indulging. Like the first story is a girl gets a box of chocolates uh, and she starts eating the entire box. (laughs) She's just so elated, right? And, uh, yeah, she ends up with a tummy ache. And then she goes to see a neighbor who's making jams to give away for Christmas. And she's like, oh, so the secret to sharing joy is to share it with other people and not just eat it all yourself, right? That's just (laughs) one example of the stories in here. They're very, very uh, spot on with the way children are and helping them understand themselves. I just love this whole series, by the way. Absolutely adorable. I think as adults, we can use a little bit of a reminder <laughs> with uh, oh, some yes. of these emotions as well. <laughs> Don't you think? Yes. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> and because it, it's a virtue based approach, you know, like, okay, so uh, what's the virtue I have to put in place here to, to handle this emotion and know what to do with this situation. And mm-hmm. even though these are geared to children, I learned a lot working on these books too. Absolutely. Vivian, we have about a minute left. Tell us about the next book, The Secret Tomb. 
Well, this is a set of novels. This is the, uh, the mm. set, almost the last one. They're set in uh, Rome during the persecution by the Emperor Diocletian, the persecution of the church. And they're sort of like Hardy Boys set in that context. And each book mm. is a different mystery, uh, a different, uh, uh, yeah, mystery that these kids sleuths are trying to figure out. The Secret Tomb uh, is about actually the tomb of G- uh, Peter. So that's interesting. Wonderful. That's a book definitely I think my son would be re- really into. So I love those. I love all of these. Thank you so much, Vivian Dudro, editor with Ignatius Press. Where can we go to find these copies? Uh, you can go to Ignatius, www.ignatius.com. Uh, you can also, um, our, we have an 800 number, and uh, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so <laughs> my time's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I have the website on, on the comments section for today's Facebook Live video. Thank you so much, Vivian, for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Always a joy. These are great stocking stuffers. I love these great presents as well. Sounds like good books for adults, too. I mean, I know they're geared for children, but three or four of them caught my eye. So, well, we're going to offer a prayer, as we always do, to wrap up our morning. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, as we reflect on your second glorious coming and the judgment of all mankind, we beg you to show us mercy and give us the grace to become great saints. We pray that not only will we spend eternity with you, but that you may use us sinners to bring others to your kingdom for glory. Through Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We're joined by Debbie Shelley with the Catholic Commentator, Sister Dulcie Maria with her vocation story, Susan Rodriguez with the Homeless Memorial, and so much more. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.